Nicole Riley, lead and teaching pastor here. And if you're joining us here in the room or you're joining us here online, we are glad you are here. If you want to follow along in the app, there is a place for sermon notes and you can follow along with the sermon notes there. Okay, so today we finish off our summer story series. Uh, we have been doing this all summer long. We have been looking at these stories that Jesus has told, the things that he has said, and how he has called us to live. Now, today's story is a particularly good one. It is a story about fairness and death and the afterlife and how you and I are called to live. Now, this is a big topic, and so I want to engage your imagination as we begin. So I want you to imagine it's a long time from now, long, long, long time from now, but that we have gathered to have your memorial service. What would you want people to say about you? What would you want them to share? What, what stories? would you hope they tell? What lessons would they share with everybody that they learned from your life? How did you live to make the world a better place? How did you treat people to lift them up? How did you take your talents and your resources and leave the world a better place than how you found it. Well, I think we all would hope, would wish, that the way we're living, the way we would have lived our lives would honor the life and the resources that we were entrusted with. But a lot of times we don't think about any of this. It's not the most upbeat of topics but it's an important topic. And we're gonna think more about it as today we look at our text. So our text today is from Luke 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Let me read it for us. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side, and he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in a like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. 
Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this story, like so many of our parables, is a story about contrast. Like our picture that we have, you know, summer and winter. In this story, it's about the contrast between people. So the rich man and Lazarus. It's also a contrast between life situations. One who lives a good life and one who has lived a life of suffering. In our story, both of them die. Lazarus is carried off with Father Abraham. Now, Father Abraham is the Abraham of the Old Testament. He is the father of the faith. This is an uplifting image. Lazarus goes to a place where he is cared for, where he is comforted. That the rich man, it's a different story. He goes to Hades. Now, that's the Greek word that's translated in a variety of ways, including the grave and death and hell. And in popular culture, during Jesus' time, Hades was talked about as the place you would be sent for punishment after death. So, the story is a story of contrast. The rich man and Lazarus, a place of torment, a place of comfort. Now, when Jesus tells the story, who is he addressing, right? We tell different stories to different people. And this is a pretty serious story, right? So who is he telling this story to? Whose attention is he trying to get? Well, he's trying to get the religious leaders' attention, the faithful people, the people who think that how they're living and what they're doing is how God has called them to live and do, but they are ignoring so much. They're ignoring the needs of the people. They're ignoring suffering around them, and they're focused instead on their own stuff, their own riches, their own comfort. Jesus' story calls us today as it called them, to consider some significant things. I want to lift up three, and then I want to focus a little more on a fourth one that really jumped out at me this time. So let's begin. What is this text about? Well, we think that life is about ease, but life is really about growing our character. Last weekend, I was gone. I was on a short vacation. And there was a moment where we were out, and I thought to myself, I wish every day was like this. 
You know, just get to relax and go to pretty places and have a glass of champagne at lunch. That sounds like a good life. But is that the life we're called to live? The life of ease, the life of kickback, the life of unengagement with the world? I don't think so. God calls us to more. He calls us to develop our character. He calls us to be about more than what is easy for us. Now think back to a time in your own life when you grew as a person. Maybe you became more substantial, more adult. Probably wasn't on vacation, unless you were on vacation with some difficult people, which... I know that does happen as well. It probably happened because you were in a challenging situation. It probably happened because you came face to face with your own limitations. It probably happened because you found yourself dealing with people and situations that pushed you to develop your character. Parable starts with this reminder Life is not to be about ease. Life is to be about developing who we are, developing our character. And when we don't do that, when we shy away from developing character and embrace just a life of ease, we find ourselves living a shallow life. We find ourselves living a self-centered life. We find ourselves living, not as adults, but as small children. Life is not to be about ease. It is to be about character. Second, life isn't about having. It is about giving. In our text today, it's clear the rich man had a lot and it's clear he also didn't give anything. When I read the text, I was just so caught with the image of it all. It reminded me a lot of, um, if you've seen the movie Godspell, they act out this text in one of uh, the scenes in Godspell. And the idea is just this painting of a man who is dressed in purple, which was very expensive, and linen, and he feasted on all the great stuff. So I kind of have in my, my mind the image of, you know, the big turkey leg, right? So he's chowing down on that. He has all the things. But right outside his door is somebody in need. Right outside his door is somebody who's in bad shape that he just steps over. I mean, the line that draws me from the text is, he longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. That's how hungry he was. The world has a tendency to tell us that what matters are possessions and power. Jesus tells us that that is not what life is about, that life is about giving not having. I think at some point 
we each come to this recognition. At least I hope we do, right? At some point, we get to a stage in our life or an age in our life where we realize we don't need any more stuff. And what we want to do is take what we have and share it and give it. We experience the power of giving away what we have. We experience the difference it can actually make in the world when you and I share ourselves, our time, our energy, our resources, our gifts. Where have you been called to do that lately? Where have you been called to share who you are instead of just having it for yourself, to give to others? We're all called. It's going to look different for each of us, of course. But where are you called to move from just getting to giving? We're all called to it. All of us. So here's our first two for today's parable. Life isn't about ease but character. Life isn't about having but giving. And here's the last one. Life is not about making excuses but following God. Oh, the rich man, he had a ton of excuses about how he just didn't know. It just didn't seem like such a big deal to him. I'm sure if we interviewed him or the religious leaders at the time who are hearing this, they would have a whole list of excuses for not following God. The thing is, we have our own excuses ourselves. We may say things like, I just don't understand the Bible enough to know what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, I I'm just confused by it. Or, it's just too hard. Do you hear what Jesus calls us to do? That's just too much for me. Or we say, I, I just am not sure. Not sure what God wants for me. Here's the thing. Our whole lives, there'll be things we don't know. Things we don't understand about the Christian faith. I don't think that's what we're judged on. I think what we're actually judged on is that we act out of what we do know. So what is it you do know? What is it you do know about how you are called to live? Don't get caught up in needing to know it all. Take that first step. Don't worry about it being perfect. Don't worry about it being all the time. Where in your life right now do you need to follow God more? Where in your life right now do you need to put aside whatever excuses you've been making? I think some of the worst times in our life are when we believe our own excuses. We need to follow more closely. Where is that for you right now? Okay, so that's the third one. So these are the three. It's not about ease, but character. It's not about having, but giving. It isn't about excuses, but it's about following God. Let me talk about one more thing. This is the thing that jumped out at me this time as I was really studying the text. And that is that we should stand with others in their suffering. It is so easy in our world to think of ourselves, maybe our immediate family, as an island. 
to not think about the needs of others, to not feel a connection, you know, to humankind, to all the people, but just to focus on our own. Not too long ago, I heard a story about Mount Everest. There were two stories in one week, and the first story that week about Mount Everest was a group of hikers had climbed, and one of them had gotten sick, and they decided to leave him and that people would come and and care for him. But by the time the people came and cared for him, it was too late, and he did not survive. The second group who were climbing up Mount Everest, same situation, but this time, instead of leaving their friend, they decided to give up the summit. They decided that they were going to turn around and care for their friend. And that made all the difference. Human nature is to love others until it gets hard or until it's inconvenient or until we get a better offer. But our call, our call as people of faith is to stand in solidarity with each other. And some of what that means is we stand with others when they suffer. And I don't know if you've noticed lately, but there is a tremendous amount of suffering in the world. The rich man, he knew that Lazarus was suffering. He knew he was hungry. He knew he was in need. But he turned from him. He walked over him. Suffering, I think, is something that we often turn from because, not because we're bad people, but because we're uncomfortable with seeing suffering, with running across suffering. I had a conversation with a girlfriend not too long ago and she had um, gone through a season in her life of some loss and some grief. And she said that very few people reached out. And so I said, how's that for you? How's it for you that people are not reaching out to you? And she said, actually, she understood. She said, when I was young, I was afraid of the suffering of others. I turned from it. I felt like I could catch it if I spent time with people who were suffering. And I resonated with that. I think sometimes we do feel like we could catch, like a disease, somebody else's suffering, somebody else's pain. And so we shy away from it. Writer Shane Claiborne says that we are not to escape from the suffering of the world, but we are, as people of faith, to move toward it. He says that because of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, we're not to shun suffering, but we're to stand with and help those who suffer. As I studied this text this week, that's kind of what stuck with me, is that this is really a story about 
suffering. And the problem is that the rich man, he turned from it and pretended like it wasn't there at all. So we have to ask ourselves, as we hear today's text, where is it we are turning away from the suffering of others? Maybe someone in our family, maybe somebody who's a friend, maybe someone in our neighborhood, maybe someone in our wider community. Where are we turning away from the suffering of others? And how can we change that? How can we decide that we're going to stand there that we're gonna be with them, that we're not going to turn away anymore. Today's text reminds us that life isn't about ease, it's about character, that life isn't about having, it's about giving, that life isn't about making excuses, but actually following God. And that life is about standing and advocating for and loving those who are in the midst of suffering. We talk about in the church how Jesus saves us. We talk about salvation. I think when we talk about what Jesus saves us from, I think one of the things Jesus wants to save us from is living a small life, living a life that is inward-focused, living a life that is self-centered and self-serving, and that he calls us in our salvation to be people who grow and learn and work on these things in our own life, not perfectly, but that every day we come and we try and we listen for Jesus and for what he calls us to be. So over these weeks, we have heard some summer stories, and I hope that the stories you've heard over these weeks have changed you, have molded you, have shaped you so that you, you live more fully in the way of Jesus. Let us pray.